0: Hey, welcome to UX Notes. Today I have a short interview with Lynn Vizet, UX instructor at Juno College of Technology in Toronto. Before I introduce her, I would like to give a little bit of context. At the time of this recording, I am enrolled in the UX program at Juno College and so Lynn is actually my tutor. I remember the first day of class when Lynn introduced the first topic, she sounded very lively and enthusiastic and I thought to myself, it was only a matter of time before she returned to her normal pace but I was wrong. Several classes later, Lynn still maintains the same level of enthusiasm and it doesn't matter if she's speaking on usability studies or powerlifting, her energy level stays the same. She's an independent designer who is interested in service design and complex systems. She writes regularly for some of the top leaders in UX design and is passionate about supporting the next generation of designers. I caught up with Lynn and asked her a few design questions looking for advice and pointers on how to become a better designer. So, hi Elaine. Hi. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, welcome. Um, so we'll dive straight into the questions and um, I would like to ask you um, how did you get into design? Like
1: Yeah, so I was always really interested in both art and science. Okay. And the long story short. I thought that design would be a good way to combine both of these interests. So something that had a creative element, but also a more rigorous or applied element, not just pure creativity or fine art. And that was how I ended up choosing design.
0: Interesting. And um, so in terms of, okay, I know you went to like a design school.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: And, but in terms of like personal development, like what are the things that you did to like put yourself up there in terms of becoming a UX? Designer, as it were.
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure, um, my undergrad degree was in industrial design, so that was a really good grounding in, you know, design education, kind of understanding the history of, of product design um, and design process and approach. Okay. So really, when I graduated and came out into, you know, out into the workforce and was starting to um, work more in digital and UX, a lot of it was about learning as much as I could you know, through reading, through books, meetups, online. Uh, I also was really fortunate to have a really great mentor at one of my first jobs who really took me under his wing, Jason at Sao mm. Bento, okay. and he really took me under his wing and helped to, to really give me those first steps in UX and digital design. So a combination of things, but a lot of self-study, constant curiosity, trying things, and just really trying to Apply everything I'd learned, but now in this digital and UX context.
0: Oh, okay, that's great to hear. And um, so I'll jump to this question. Yeah, go so, Because it. I seem to hear about it a lot, and they call it like the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. where <laughs> um, designers are feeling like they're being dubious with the way they describe themselves and in relation to maybe the jobs that you're applying for. Did you ever face this as a young designer and how did you overcome it?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think it's something I also still face, you know. I think it's (laughs) a long, a long journey in terms of feeling confident and like you're doing a good job and all of these things but uh, certainly for me starting out was really difficult Um, I graduated in Ireland after design school in Dublin into a very bad recession had a very very hard time finding any relevant work actually took a job at a call center because I needed to earn money and you know like sort of couldn't find any directly design related work to do and so in terms of overcoming it I think that really it was perseverance, I mean I remember a time, I tell people this story, I remember a specific conversation actually with someone where I said I just don't think I'm going to get to be a designer, I don't think I'm going to get to do this as a career or as a job yeah. and they were like well why not, you know, you're, you're talented, Like, you have a good education, like of course, yeah. um, it's just a matter of time but there was a time when it felt so out of reach. Mm. And so I think the thing that really helped was just persevering, you know, apply, apply, apply. It's like the quantity, (laughs) quantity game, it's finding that first opportunity. It's finding the the Mm. opportunity where someone gives you a chance. That's really the hardest thing to get your foot in the door. Sure. Um, And so I think the perseverance piece is just what I think I I always say to people, just keep going, right? Mm. But that can be tough.
0: Okay. And would you say that you are at a place right now where you feel more confident going to any projects, or do you still feel the jitters? Like, okay, I'm taking on something new, and am I sure I'm able to do this?
1: Yeah, I think it, it depends a little bit. I mean, for sure, after you know, ten years of experience, you have a certain amount of um, things under your belt that yeah. um, you see the patterns or similarities in projects. You kind of have a you know a toolkit or an approach to rely on. Yeah. But of course. Um, It still can be can be nerve-wracking and you never quite know what you're walking into and every project has surprises and, and new and different things so a bit of both but i think overall you know with experience you start to relax a little bit and feel like okay you know i'll figure it out even if it's overwhelming, or I don't know immediately at the start. I'll figure it out.
0: Oh, okay. That's great. And um, maybe as a side, I would say, uh, I want to ask this question. Um, I noticed that maybe in this part of the world, you have more very experienced um, designers uh, working as independents or freelancers. Is it because you want to have um, a new challenge in every project, or are there certain nuances that one who started in the future should be should take note about when going into the field like
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think in general, um, you know, even since the time that I moved to Toronto, there's been a huge boom and interest and a lot more opportunity for designers. And you also see now specialized roles for UX researchers and so on and so forth. So I think part of it is that there's a lot of opportunity. And so sometimes people see the potential to kind of go out on their own and explore. And I know for me, um, a lot of it was wanting to have a lot of flexibility and autonomy in the types of work I was doing and yeah. and uh, you know that's definitely like a luxury and a privilege which is partially <laughs> to do with I think there being a lot of good it's a good time there's a lot of opportunity out there yeah, um, but yeah I think it it really varies and I do think for people starting out it's really helpful to get experience in an environment where you have support and structure and you know where there is um, where you're not having to sort of Basically, run your own business on top of everything else, right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, if that's something people want to go for, obviously go for it. But for me, at least, I didn't feel comfortable doing that until I had quite a significant amount of experience.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. great. And you mentioned earlier um, that you had a mentor, mm-hmm. and um, so how important would you say having a mentor is, and how would someone who's just starting out get go about getting one?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think. It's hugely important to have, you know, peers, people around you that you respect and admire, you know, whether that's teachers or people you work with on your team um, or people you kind of know in the industry. And uh, I think that it's a bit of a myth that you can sort of go find a mentor. I think that (laughs) the best mentor type relationships are either, you know, maybe a manager or someone at work who is inclined to kind of Take you under their wing, as it were, right. or organic relationships that evolve. Um, I always recommend to people, you know, to go out to meetups, go out to industry events, and connect with people, and sort of have a more informal and organic relationship that can unfold yeah um there are some more formal mentorship programs i think like i know i think side by side is one that focuses on i think women in technology oh, okay. so there are some like formal paths but i think the best relationships are those informal and organic oh, mentor okay. relationships that evolve yeah
0: oh that's nice and um so what uh, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in the field like what advice would you, what are the steps or advice that you would have for that?
1: Yeah, there's a few things. So one, and the thing that I wish I did sooner and, you know, that I wish I did during my undergrad is to really get out and meet people and mm-hmm. like go out to the meetups, explore, connect with people, start building your network. And I know mm-hmm. for some people, sure. you know, networking can feel scary or kind of... <laughs> unpleasant yeah. but it's more so like how do you find people who are interested in the same things you're interested in who true. are curious about the same things who yeah. are tackling the same challenges or similar challenges um, how do you build those connections with people I yeah, think true. that is just hugely valuable yeah. um, and the second piece I think is just being a really voracious learner so being curious reading Trying things, you know, um, having side projects, all okay. of that, just really exploring and staying curious and experimenting. And I think, particularly in design, which is a field that's changing so much all the time, you know, that never stops. Right? Maybe yeah. the focus of what you're trying to learn about changes over a career, but I sure. still try to stay very um, have that very open and kind of learning mindset in everything that I'm doing. I think that curiosity makes a really good designer
0: okay and um okay my second to last question yeah Uh, so i was going through um, like a debate online and um so someone was trying to encourage or was trying to um advise young designers to learn the visual part of Mm -hmm. design as it helps them to get their uh, their portfolio past uh, recruiters and co and um some other people feel like it's not necessary to Mm -hmm. If you are not going to be a visual designer, if you're not going to work working in UI, then it's not necessary. You should work more on your storytelling part. Mm. So, where do you stand in this divide?
1: Uh, it's it's a really good question. I mean, I think that anyone who calls themselves a designer should at least have a very fundamental grasp of fundamental concepts around color and typography and layout. Um, you know, I I think that. It's actually a skill that is beneficial to anyone, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to make decent looking reports and presentations. And and I'm not talking, you know, high design or super aesthetic, but just the basics. Um, And I think the flip side of it is that I agree, you know, for certain paths, um, it may not be. A Sort of core skill that you need to build to a very very high level like if you're going to be a UX researcher But even then maybe you want to be able to make good-looking research reports in order to have your uh, Research actually, you know people pay attention to it (laughs) and so on So, you know, I think like where I kind of stand is that everyone should have some grasp of the basics but whether you're going to become an excellent visual designer I mean I certainly don't count myself as an excellent visual designer yeah. but I think you want to be good enough that you have, you have a basic skill set because okay. I think it will serve you really really well in many many different ways yeah. and it's something I frequently wish I was better at <laughs> it's not my focus it's not my craft yeah. um, but I do often wish like oh, I wish I was like yeah. really really skilled at this
0: <laughs> Okay. Thanks for your your input. And um, my last question, which is what I ask everyone on this show, is um, in the last 20 years, what do you think has been the most defining moment? It might be a product or an app in design.
1: Oh my God, that is a hard question. <laughs> um, oh, I want to pick something more interesting. I feel like you know there's a lot of obvious ones. Like iPhone, yeah. um, I don't know. I might have to get back to you and think <laughs> of a really a really defining moment. Okay. Um Yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, certainly things like the iPhone have really changed from a UX perspective. Our interaction models, um, the expectation that people have, and so on. Um, But I think this one's a little bit of a boring answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. I agree with you on that. Um, So, Lynn, thank you for being on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you on.
1: You're so welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thank you. that we come to the end of this episode it was interesting having this chat with lynn i will be sharing some links to her previous speaking engagements as well as a profile in the podcast description and i'm hoping that in the not too distant future i would have a second interview with lynn to talk about service design which is a topic i'm interested in and which is a field in which she has a lot of expertise so thank you very much for joining me i hope to catch you in the next episode bye bye